morning with Daryl McIntyre. Supported by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Seven thirty-seven here on your Wednesday morning. This morning with Daryl McIntyre, Morley too. Uh, I know we're missing a name there. Hmm, maybe we'll get one someday soon. Here, we'll keep you up to date. Uh, this is going to be an interesting conversation, I suspect, down at City Hall today, because City Council will once again be discussing the Edmonton Police Services funding formula. We we know it's been a topic of conversation, to put it mildly, you know, from the defund the police plan, you know, uh, push to more recently with the increase in, in violent crime coming through difficulties with with transit situations downtown, encampments, homeless. So there's there are a lot of pressures both on the police, but also on the people who fund the police. Who funds the police? We do, uh, taxpayers of City of Edmonton through our City Council and administration. So this is a big conversation that's coming up later on this morning. And uh, a regular guest we've had here on uh, 630, Ched, is uh, Councillor Tim Cartmel from Edmonton City Council. He's been very active, certainly with uh, with his website and with his blog, interacting with various uh, members of the public. And he put out a survey on his website uh, looking just for some feedback on the EPS funding formula, what should be done, how it should be done. Uh, you know, how much money, how little money, etc. So Tim Carmel joining us this morning to talk about that and about look ahead to the conversation a little later on today. Tim, thanks for your time. Always good to chat with you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Welcome back. Uh, thank you. Yeah, a week and a half of, uh, of of blissful ignorance of all things going on in the world. Well, not quite, but sometimes it's nice to run away. You know what? But there are conversations that, that seem to keep coming back. I mentioned you know, from everything from defunding to, to the issues we've had in the last little while. Uh, what exactly uh, is going to be done today? Is this purely a discussion? Are there decisions being made? Just set us up for what the intent is today. Well, and I, I guess this is this is the point of the conversation around the formula. You know, is that you know, for, and and even if you go back, say, ten or fifteen years, just to kind of completely separate from COVID and from George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and all of that conversation, you know, there would be there would be effectively a constant sort of conversation between the police and the council. And I I don't want to overemphasize it or or be too rhetorical about it, but there was a constant sort of stream of we need more money for this or we need more money for that. Or if we don't get, uh, you know, some dollars for this thing, then crime will go up or this will be the negative consequence. Mm -hmm. And the council of the day said, look, you know, we've got to get away from having these rhetorical conversations all the time. Let's develop a way that you know what you're going to get for funding more or less we know what we're going to give you for funding more or less and we can just take the money conversation out of it and have a conversation then about you know about outcomes you know how can we make it better where do we need to shift resources that kind of a thing and so today the question is going to be you know should we reestablish that formula and a a, a formulaic way of establishing the police budget but as has happened over the last few years these conversations always stray into uh, metrics, outcomes, actions. Uh, well, it depends on politics too. Depending on who gets elected, it depends oh, on the council sure. of the day as well. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, I and uh, you know certainly the politics politics of the last few years have been colored by those those events, right? The COVID, George Floyd, um, Black Lives Matter. We had a you know a, a six or seven day public hearing on the heels of uh, the George Floyd murder that. 
uh, you know, and it, it changed things quite fundamentally. It, it um, and it sort of changed the tone of the conversation around police funding and uh, the effectiveness of the police service. And those those two things have sort of gone hand in hand. And I think the the idea of the formula is that we separate the money out of it. We can talk about effectiveness. And we can yeah. talk about outcomes. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and and that's the conversation that we're looking at today. It's it's remove yeah. some of those, and, and not that they're not important. Not that they shouldn't be discussed. They absolutely have to be. It's a matter of whether you just change and make it that stable funding formula one way or the other year to year to year and just move on from there and we'll move on from the money conversation so yesterday we talked for over three hours about transit safety you know and the metrics we're using and are they the right metrics and and you know how are those how are those constructed what what are those uh, those uh, what are those feedback loops based on? So, I mean, let you know have those conversations. I mean, you know, there was there was some very challenging questions and challenging discourse yesterday about why, on the one hand, we see a you know a crime severity index that says things are improving, but the the overall perception of people using the system or coming downtown generally is that things are getting worse. So, you know, the two things don't tie. Why is that? So let's have like let's have that conversation, but let's not have it with this sort of Damocles hanging over the over the room that says, you know, if you don't give us the answers, well, we're going to slash your budget. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Well, sometimes yeah, there's two swords. You even mentioned that before. You know, if you don't give us the money, crime's going to go up. If if you uh, hey, if if we don't give you the money, you know. It, it becomes this this conversation that the, it gets ramped up in rhetoric in, in some cases more so than anything else. So do you get the feel that there is now more of a of a feeling or a leaning toward going back to that constant, solid, uh, dependable, predictable funding formula? On the, I know you can't you can't decide for other counselors, but you, you, right. you you've, you've, you've tested the room. Uh, and and there's not clear feedback, quite frankly. I don't know. I don't know if people are, uh, you know, if my colleagues are ready for that or not. I, I really don't have a read on that, honestly. I, you know, we'll see what the conversation is today. Uh, you know, like every other um, thing we do, every other department that we support, you know, there's funding pressures already that are that hang out in the wind. Uh, so you know, it's it's going to be an interesting conversation. And and again, it's really hard to separate the finances. So I just going back to yesterday, right? You know, why do we we still see this activity or, you know, we still see open drug use or those kinds of things in some of our spaces. And the answer comes back, quite frankly, well, we don't have the resources to have, you know, a cop or a, or a peace officer on every corner. Well, that's a resource question, isn't it? And that becomes a money question. So, you know, never, they are never completely separate conversations. It's, it's just, you know, the formula allows us to sort of... Uh, Make them a little bit more regimented, I suppose, or separate the two yeah. conversations. Well, and yeah. you know, you're also going to get arguments too that I don't want to have a police officer on every corner. If I wanted to live in a police state, I'd move to one. <laughs> it's yes, a matter of safety sides, and perception, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, so uh, and and I don't think anybody wants a police state necessarily. We, you know, we talk a lot about what tactics the police yeah. use when they do encounter those situations. Uh, you know, but we need to feel safe. Endorsed. We still need to feel safe at the same time. So. Well, and, and where people don't feel safe is where they see, and, and this is something that came out yesterday, right? We're kind of leaking into the conversation from yesterday. But, yeah. but the greatest correlation between when people don't feel safe in downtown or in the transit spaces is when they see open air drug use, open drug use, particularly with a group of people. And so that becomes, okay, well, that's a point of emphasis. But what does that look like, Daryl? Like, yeah. If it's going to be a point of emphasis, does that mean are we rounding everybody up and arresting? No, we're not. Uh, you know, those could be volatile situations. But what does it look like? What, what can people look forward to 
to see less of that and therefore feel less threatened when they come to our uh, public spaces? That's a question. And that's a question that should be discussed without saying, uh, you know, at every third moment, uh, you know, we got to talk about the dollars. We got to talk about the dollars. We got to talk about the dollars. So. Well, I do want to talk more about the dollars a little bit, though, I guess. Yeah, because you know what? It still comes back to that. I want to take a quick break because I just want to see where we compare on percentages. I want to talk a little bit about the survey that you did and just so what kind of results sure. you got. But then I also want to take a, a, just a moment just to get your thoughts on this whole uh, urban park and the River Valley thing. So I just wanted to give you a heads up. I wanted to talk to you about that. So I'll give you a couple of minutes to, to think about that. Well, I know you've already thought about it. You had a whole conversation yesterday. Uh, we'll do some more of that with Tim Cardmel here in just a moment. This Morning with Daryl McIntyre is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. Seven forty-seven here on six thirty, Chad. It's this morning with Daryl McIntyre and Morley too, but also with Tim Carmel joining us this morning. We're talking about the EPS funding formula. That'll be a conversation this afternoon. Uh, Councillor Carmel, you put out a, a survey on your on your website, just looking for some input. Uh, I, there, there was a lot of different questions, but was there something from the results that jumped out at you that you wanted to share with everyone? Two things actually, and, and I mean, listen, I'm not a I'm not a professional survey writer or anything like that. This no, is just trying to just, get some feedback, yeah, right? Exactly. So, yeah, but I but the general the thing I took away with is that people are feeling that uh, that the situation is getting worse, not better. And I asked about uh, you know the conditions downtown. I asked about traffic uh, behavior, that kind of a thing. So there's a general thought that things are getting better, not worse. Uh, general. There is, yeah. Uh, in, in terms of, of perceptions of, of crime, severity of crime, property crime, that kind of a thing. Uh, and there is uh, support to um, support for a formula for police funding to determine the police budget by some sort of a formula that ties it to inflation and population growth. Um, would it also tie it to, uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around how this works, tie it to yeah. the percentage of a budget? Is that how you would you would identify it? And, and if so, where are we now in comparison with the rest of the country? So that that is part of the proposal that's on our plate today. And that says that uh, police funding would be more or less capped at 30% of the civic services budget, which is roughly um, uh, $1.6 billion of the $3.3 billion of the overall budget. So do we cap it at that 30%? And what that would mean is, is if these, these, infl- uh, these uh, increases that are driven by inflation and or pauper population growth punched through that 30% ceiling, then the police budget would remain flat. So that's what's kind of on the table today is that that tie to the, the operation budget. Um, per ca- so here's the thing though, comparing to other cities is a bit of a bit of a dangerous game. So per capita, Edmonton pays more per capita for policing than I think any other city in Canada. Uh, you know, and that, that stat has been put forward. Here's the thing though, uh, the city of Edmonton has a very large shadow population. So what that effectively what that means is uh, in the metro region, 68% of the people that live in the Edmonton metro region, the census metro region, pay 
taxes to the city of Edmonton and therefore support the uh, city of Edmonton police force. That shadow population is less in most other jurisdictions. And then to get a jurisdiction that has the same sort of qualities that we have to deal with, right? We've got a, we've got more prisons here than any other city in Canada. Uh, we're the gateway to the north when it comes to health care and, and um, you know justice system and those kinds of things. So, so getting an apples to apples comparison with other cities about you know what services they need to provide, not just to the city but to the region and to the greater area. Uh, you know, we're the downtown for northwestern Canada, whereas other cities are the downtown for their regions or for their cities. It's uh, it's difficult to get an apples and oranges or an apples and apples. Yeah, no, got it. Uh, fair enough. Just before I let you go, uh, we did have this uh, decision on the part of the majority of city councilor, uh, city council rather, with the exception of uh, you, Karen Principe, and Jennifer Rice, on this whole idea of uh, making uh, the, the, a national park out of our river valley. Uh, you don't like you devoted against the idea. From what I have seen. It, I think one of the big issues is whether we give up control of our own River Valley to Parks Canada. The feds now run. I haven't seen anything that indicates that that is part of the plan, but is that one of your concerns? Well, that is one of the concerns. And and so uh, moving to the next step helps answer some of those questions, right? What what would be the table stakes from the federal government if we establish this park? Would there be a fee you have to pay to enter? Would there be uh, bureaucracy around who controls developments, you know, the next development in the River Valley? Uh, those kinds of things. Now, it was, it was clearly stated that we're not going to give up ownership of the River Valley, but that didn't, I didn't hear that we were uh, contemplating giving up at least some of the control. I don't from a from a preservation ecological um, conservation perspective. I'm not quite sure what problem we're trying to solve here. Our valley isn't perfect, but we've done a hell of a job yeah. in the last four years preserving it. So that was my apprehension. So what I said yesterday was, you know, if we took a part of the river valley or one of the ravines and we kind of eased our way into this conversation, I'd be for it. But lock, stock, and barrel the whole river valley and all of our ravine system in what feels like a bit of a negotiation and and almost feels like it's been tacitly approved, I wasn't comfortable with. Uh, at the same time, if, if we're just moving forward to get more answers, there's no commitment to it. Uh, why not just go ahead and get them? Or is it a matter of principle just to say that, you know, from, from the get-go, you had, had uh, trepidations on it? Well, it would have just been, just seen- say, yes, let's go get some more answers. Yeah, but I've seen that before. It, you know, it's yes, let's just get some more answers. And then, you know, you kind of get the answers you want. So then it's okay, well, let's go to the next step and let's get. So those, you know, they tend to take on a life of their own. And and I'm not sure, you know, I don't I don't know how much of our city resources is going to take. And our, our administration can do more than, more than one thing at once. But is this the thing that we need to deep dive into right now? I'm not quite sure that it is, right? So, yeah, yeah. priorities, I guess. All right. Tim Cartmel, thanks so much for your time. Always good chatting with you. Please appreciate your clarity and straightforwardness, as always. A pleasure. Have a great day, Daryl. Yep, you too. Tim Cartmel is uh, City Councilor for Ward Pay here in Edmonton.